podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Hello and welcome to this Part the Glory Festival of Football Euros Copper America special as we talk about international football in the context of foot. I'm your host Ben and you'll hear all that and more on this week's Foot Weekly podcast brought to you by our supporters and out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to week 37, a bit different this week with the special and it's also something that I've arranged quite last minute because I had my vaccine, wasn't sure how I'd fare but we have some guests for you, they have responded to the call last minute which I very much appreciate. First of all we have someone from around the community, very regular at the moment and has been doing great work organising the Foot Weekly Euros tournament and of course is a near top 100 player himself. Hubert, welcome to the pod. And actually, you know, going into the Euros, being from the US, do you have any particular affiliation, someone you're supporting in this tournament or not? Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. I'm more of just like a fan of like having entertaining games. Um, I do like Belgium and Scotland, just countries that I have visited as well as Spain, um, just countries I've enjoyed. But um, I really enjoy, you know, watching a lot of the big teams play, just, you know, the, seeing all these like really good players come together and something that's not very common. Um, you know, a lot of times international breaks are a little boring, um, but, you know, with the big international tournaments, you know, seeing Mbappe and Benzema play together or uh, Bruno and Bernardo behind Cristiano, you know, it's just really entertaining. Yeah, well, and actually from one competitive player to another, um, but one who has some quite obvious affiliation is, of course, Swedish and I'm sure is still enjoying that nil-nil with Spade. Uh, but first of all, Skoldy, great to have you back on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me as well. It's uh, always a pleasure joining the podcast. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about Sweden in just a moment. But first of all, we have content creator, streamer, YouTuber, and good friend of the pod. It's James. Great to have you on. Yes, I am glad to be here to talk about some real-life football, uh, as most of my football knowledge that's not from the Premier League, especially, basically comes from FIFA anyway. So it's just a nice round circle to bring us back together. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, why don't you start us off? You're obviously, as I said, content creator, YouTuber, streamer, and I guess part of the glory is probably what you wanted at this point in the cycle. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a massive fan of it. Like, I think they could have even scaled it down a little bit because it's because it's it's going to be the end of the game by the time we get to the six win stage of this tournament right so it doesn't really matter if more than one player gets the full upgrade because because the groups are obviously four teams and then you have the round of 60 in the quarter semis finals if you win all your games you have a total of seven wins like if you win every single possible game it's seven wins including the finals so realistically most of these cards aren't going to see that much of an upgrade i mean obviously some of the some of the players have had their first win some of them have just missed their first win um i would have liked to see a couple more like a bit more leniency on the upgrades but i mean it's a great idea i love i love the idea especially of the maximum 
uh, upgrade being five star, five star. Um, although some of the players benefit of it more than others. It's just a nice idea like that you can have evolving cards in the game. It's just something I'm, I'm a massive fan of the entire year. Yeah, and I think a good thing about it is there's actually quite a lot of upgrade potential there over a short period where some of the other live promos tend to be over a longer amount of time and that maybe makes it a bit less exciting. So I think this is good. I think, as you say, the one concern there, Scaldi, interested to hear your thoughts on this, is the upgrade system because... Of course, Portugal won the last Euros with four wins. France got five, so neither of those teams made it to the six wins for the upgrade. Yeah, but I think it's it's all right. Of course, if you're going to get that kind of boost where you get a five-star, five-star, for example, let's take, if you look at Jorrentes' card, for example, already from like the start, it, it looks like a mental card, but if that card gets five-star, five-star, it's going to be the best card in the game with all the upgrades and everything. So, So I guess, you know... In a sense, it's it's a good concept, but you know, it's it's a little bit hard to predict which card it's going to be, and and if any card is actually going to get six wins. So so I guess if somebody's going to get the six wins, I I think the whatever card it is, it, the upgrade is going to be well deserved, and, and it's going to be way fun. You know, even without the five five, you know, just some of the stats are already really good on a lot of these cards. So even if they only get one or two upgrades, I think a number of these could be really really top cards um and especially it depends on where you play them i mean you know we, we were just talking about your you know if he was five five it would obviously be amazing but if you're probably using him as either a box to box or a right back or even a center back three three with you know 90 mid 90s or higher stats in every category is still really good yeah yeah definitely and let's go through these players then with the knowledge of the first round of fixtures so we know which players have had their wins, how the teams are looking in terms of their performance and likelihood of future wins, and talk a bit about what our thoughts are on the cards and also their potential for upgrades. We'll start though with Ericsson, and I think I should say first of all, of course, you know, thoughts with him, his family, and wish him a very speedy recovery. Um, but I've seen a lot of people going out and doing him almost for sentimental reasons now in some ways, um, which I totally get. And I think actually he looks very good and... The upgrades on him may not come, but he's not too hard to complete. Hugh, what are your thoughts on him? I know you drafted Denmark in the Foot Weekly Euros, so I've gone and done him and tried him. Yeah, I think he's actually really good. Um, you know, having that five-star weak foot and unique body type, he feels really good on the ball. Um, and you know, he has some great links. There's plenty of good um, inter players from Team of the Season, as well as that foot birthday Perisic, who's five-five. Uh, so, or five-star, five-star. I guess I should say. Not five foot five, but um, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I think he's a really good all around card. Um, his defending's probably just about good enough that you can play him as like a more attacking box to box player. Uh, you know, I think in, at this stage of the game, you just want to have fun and like using an Ericsson card that's really good is, you know, given everything that happened, it's just enjoyable. It's it, maybe he's not the best in his position. I'd be fine using Ericsson over someone who's quote unquote better just because it's a really enjoyable card to use. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, obviously they were made to play that game, which just feels slightly ridiculous um, and did lose it. So he's going to be unlikely to get an upgrade, I suppose, because they have to play Belgium. Um, and I mean, they'll be missing him as well, right? Which is a massive player for them. Yeah, exactly. And it probably feels quite futile for them as well after everything that's happened. But let's go around and pick out some more players from this team. Uh, Scaldi, do you want to start us off by picking out a player? 
Oh, now you're making it real tough for me. Of course, like any other pro, I decided to go with uh, the Urenta card because it, it simply looks way too good for, for that price. And, mm. and to be able to get, for example, Varane and him as a centre-back and then link it with Oblak, it's, it's just way too strong of a, of a defensive partnership. And, and just at this stage of the game, he feels really, really agile as a centre-back. And, and with those stats, you know, he's everywhere and just really, really good all around. And and if we compare that to his game versus Sweden, actually, uh, he was he was really really good in 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 the game versus Sweden where he was playing like a right back, switching with right mid, taking a lot of offensive runs. So it was it was really impressive to see. And I think Spain actually is gonna go further, so he's gonna eventually get a plus two upgrade minimum, I believe. And something I was just looking at was that um, you have that Florenzi SBC that um, maybe a little overpriced for what it is, but Italy have looked really good. Their next two games are against Switzerland and Wales, who I would definitely favor them to win both of those. He gets a perfect link to Verratti. And then with Forenzi, you could swap him in-game with Llorente at right back. So um, for the combined total of those three players, you're looking at maybe 2 million coins on Xbox. And then for Llorente, if you need to get him chemistry, we have that new uh, Jimenez SBC. So um, a lot of options there that I think that you know, it's it's not one of those early game cards where if you want to swap him into midfield, you're kind of putting someone who kind of sucks it right back. So um, now there's so many good box to box midfielders you can you know play around and move people back and forth. Yeah, well, although Florenzi may have expired by the time people are listening to this, the variety, of course, is there and not too expensive. Stats are very strong. But it's funny, you said about player being 5-5 earlier. Uh, variety is 5-5 in the other sense and is someone that I think you know is there a point at which defensive-ish players are a problem if they're too small Scaldi would you say in, in your competitive opinion eh, I wouldn't say say it like that because in, in a sense previous years it's been like the bigger players tend to be the better players but I, I feel somehow in this year that the smaller players feel more agile especially in bad gameplay that it's easier to control and, and move the players in, in bad gameplay and, and I feel as well in midfield at the moment is very, what should I say, it's very important that you're quick sideways to read all the passes up to strikers because a lot of a lot of players always play the 4-4-2 or the 4-3-1-2. And, and these players coming in just looking at Florenzi, for example, he would be a perfect like box-to-box midfielder, especially considering he has four-star skills as well. Uh, Three-star weak foot, of course, but but for the price and if, if he gets an upgrade, it, it's going to be a great card. Only issue is that he's going to get transferred to Roma, so when he gets upgraded, he's most likely going to be a Roma player, which would basically destroy a lot of the, the value for him. Yeah, exactly. They have to change the club of a player if they make a change to that card through an upgrade, etc., which actually could be an issue not just for him, but for other players if they get transfers during the tournament. It doesn't happen too often, so uh, we shall see. But the other players in that group that got into part of the glory are the Zakaria and Yusidja. And that is the correct pronunciation. I did look it up. Turkish player plays for Lille, not Barak Yilmaz. But yeah, Zakaria I've used, and actually, as many people will, I'm sure, played him at centre-back. Had him on full chem, though and was playing him next to Tapsoba and it tested a theory I think that Hugh you brought up a few weeks ago about how dribbling stats or on the ball stats in the dribbling area may be the things that actually impact that uh, recovery animation in tackles so when the striker or forward 
does a bounce off your player and, and retains the ball, you know, whether that's a directional nutmeg or all those kind of things. I really found that Zakaria felt better stopping those and I didn't see as much of that from him as I would do from Tapsoba. And that does make sense because it's on the ball stats, you know, not the highest agility, but the rest of it is pretty strong. Uh, balance as well isn't great, but the rest of it is very good uh, compared to Tapsoba. So that could be a point there. And he was a really, really amazing centre-back, uh, top, top tier. And if you can work him in, uh, so cheap as well for 100k, probably the best value, definitely in my nomination for pound for pound. Um, so what about the Foden then? That's the obvious one, isn't it? The big one. And I've got to ask you, James, what are your thoughts on uh, this Foden card and the chances of an upgrade there? I mean, uh, I think... I mean, I, I mean, it is coming home, obviously. But when I put my serious hat on, we've got a very strong chance of getting out of the groups. But the problem is, as soon as we get out of the groups, it's like a nightmare situation of who we have to play next. Um, there, like, there isn't an e there isn't an easy option, is there? So you think, considering the result on Sunday against Croatia, which is obviously you know, one of the tougher games, yeah, technically well, anyway, Scotland obviously going to be difficult, but in a different way. I think if England play to the best of their ability, we should come out of the group with three wins and then Foden will guarantee himself a plus two upgrade. But then after that, it becomes a bit trickier to... Like, it, it's it's not like England are out of it, but it's not... I, I don't... We're not the favourites, I think, after we come out of the group. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I suppose the plus two is going to look pretty amazing, though. It's going to be 96 rated. And it's already crazy, right? I think the only weaknesses really are the defensive stats and the, the strength. I mean, the rest of it looks pretty amazing. He's obviously a smaller player as well. Um, Hugh, I feel like you're a you know a bit of a bit of a city fan. Has to be said. Um, <laughs> would you be tempted to pick this up at any point? And how far do you see it going in terms of upgrades as a more neutral onlooker? Yeah, um, it, I am interested by the Foden card. It's interesting looking back that a lot of the uh, Manchester City as, um, special like promo cards were SBCs. Like when you think of all the Defender ones, Stones, Walker, Zinchenko, and then you look at the ones that were in packs that you have like Cancelo and Diaz who are good, but I, I wonder if mm. like the chemistry might almost be like kind of difficult somehow. Um, you know, you have, you know, like Sterling is pretty good, but kind of expensive, not amazing. There's that Aguero that was an SBC. It's something interesting just to consider with those links. But at a certain point, if he gets so good, then it, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's it's worth whatever you have to do to get him in the team. Do you feel like, I mean, the one thing that weirdly concerns me, Scaldi, is he's got medium-medium work rates. And that's not going to change no matter how good he is. And I do feel like that can be a bit of an issue for some players. Yeah, I would just say in, in, in general, I think the, the, the most concerning thing about Foden is that if you look at his price compared to his stats, uh, no way. Mm. It's, it's all hype, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, he's, he's just like all the other English players. He's <laughs> this over. is blasphemy. I, I'm not having it. I, I, I know there's going to be a lot of uh, hate now and... Uh, a lot of the, the English fans, but basically it's it's kind of the, the English syndrome where, for example, Harry Maguire going for eight million pounds, you know, when, of course, as I said, I, he, he's a good player in real life, but I think these, this card just doesn't justify the price tag in the game. And and I think as well, majority of the, the foot players are, are from UK. And, and I think also why, you know, it's, it, there is like this kind of hype over him uh, and this card. And, and, and as I said, 
even even though he has a medium medium work rate and all of that, I think it, it just the, the card is just way overpriced for for what you get for the stats and all of that. Well, so if he's overpriced, what do you think about Havertz then? What he's like two point five million or something like that. It's extinct um, for a while, yeah. He's, yeah. he's dropping, but I, I think as well he's over... It, the, most of these cards are, are in a sense overpriced. Uh, just looking at Griezmann, of course, I think most players expect him to go to the final, and, and if he gets 5-star, five 5-star, five mm-hmm. he's going to be the most broken card in the game for sure. But but at the same time, I would if I'm going to pay actually the price tag, I would say Vinicius is probably most worth it because of the 99 pace and and, and the 5-star skills, which is very meta this, this game, so I think you get a lot more, mm-hmm. but still... For Vinicius is is the prices, yeah. Still, a lot of these cards are overpriced. He he also has the eighty composure, eighty three reactions, the the Vinicius, which just seems, you know, really low for a player who's three point five million. But yeah, I think you're right. I think the excitement of tournament football and all that has really made the price, and the fact that these are live items who could get upgraded quite quickly has really pushed some of the top end prices really high. Um, and also the people who are you know really engaged with this promo, I suppose, are going to be players who have built up quite a lot of coins by this point and may be willing to you know go splash all their coins on a big player to try them out and to have a horse in the race throughout the Euros. Like I think that must be uh, a bit of a factor as well. People like to you know gamble on a certain player doing really well across the tournament and uh, get that player in. So I think that could be a factor as well. I wanted to keep it to the Euros for now and we can go talk about the Brazilian and Argentinian and Colombian in here in a second. I I think I am interested in the the Griezmann-Jota question because Jota is, as we know, Portuguese. There was a right-wing SBC there. May have expired by the time you're listening to this, depending on when you're listening. But it's not terrible value. Remember, he's got his five-star weak foot. And Griezmann, obviously, as we were saying, really, really expensive. But France just got their first win... Uh, what are our thoughts on that game then do we think you know on that game on Portugal's game earlier today I thought Portugal actually uh, the score flattered them considering Hungary should be you know the whipping boys of the group and the other teams are going to beat them comfortably but actually Portugal did really struggle there and I don't know I kind of wonder whether uh, Jota will get or Portugal will do so well in the tournament whereas France despite not playing amazingly, they did pretty well against Germany. I think if you just look at the team sheet, though, for Portugal, and you look at the starting eleven, they have so many players who can just take a game. Like, Ronaldo, I mean, first and foremost, can just mm. win a game on his own. And then you've got Bruno Fernandes behind him. You've got Bernardo Silva. And then you've got, like, an absolutely stacked defence as well. It, I don't know. It's, it is a really nasty group to be in. I don't think you can write anyone off as well on it because like France as well they have their game they've got Mbappe they've got Benzema they've got Griezmann and they've also got Kante they've got Pogba like they've all got players who can in uh, like Pogba like today in a moment one pass and they're in and like it's Mm. sometimes it is just that easy like you can spend 45 minutes knocking on the door and sometimes you just have that one bit of magic and that's that's the goal that you know decided the game today yeah I think it's it's a tricky thing because if if Portugal were to beat Germany, then would three points from Hungary be enough as for a, a third place finish? It's it's hard to say. I think that Germany certainly didn't play very well, but they do have quality. Um, again, Portugal, I don't think played that well, but I think at international tournaments, you don't really need to play well. You just have to find ways to win. And they have 
good players. They have a very stable defense, kind of similar to France, really. You know, they have stable defense and then players who can make a difference in attack. So um, especially going back to the last Euros, Portugal never Mm. really played well and Ronaldo didn't play very well and they just did enough every game. They got through as a third place finisher and then they won. I think every single game in the knockouts was an extra time. Maybe one wasn't, Mm. but um, and when you look at as much as the uh, the nicknames may be unfair, you know, Penaldo and Penandez, if if tournament games <laughs> go to uh, penalties, it would be hard to bet against Portugal to lose. So um, yeah, I true. think that if they're assuming they make the knockout stage, which I think they should, it's you know, they certainly could go far even if they're not playing well. Yeah, yeah, very true. And just to move on to a couple of other players in here, actually packed the Licht in a rival's ultimate pack untradeable and uh i gotta say he needs some upgrades because uh, the 83 pace is obviously not going to do it and 220k is actually pretty steep i think for him at this point obviously there is some upgrade potential there and he does have the base of a very good center back so maybe there's some potential i'm overlooking but i i think he's, he's certainly not a gem amongst this group and uh, although netherlands look good I hope we see some other Netherlands players in the team too that's going to come. The same actually also for Portugal, who've only had an SPC player so far. So you'd expect a player or maybe two in the team two coming this Friday. And I think in terms of the other players we haven't mentioned, it might just be the Nabri and a player I think that, James, you wanted to put forward as a potential pound-for-pound powerhouse. I... I, I think this Thorgan Hazard is like the dark horse. I mean, Belgium, aren't they like number one in the rankings for national teams or something? Like, <laughs> they're so high up. Their team is insane as well. Defensively, they obviously have a, they're a bit shaky. But up front, like, again, they've got some magnificent players. I, I think Kevin De Bruyne was injured, wasn't he, for this last game as well? Yep. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. And like, so, so, imagine that. You're winning 3-0 and you've got Kevin De Bruyne coming back in. Like, ugh. Yeah, and, and the Thorgan Hazard, I mean, he has decent strength. He's got all right defensive stats. Uh, we'll go you know, into the 70s on defense, and the rest of his stats are really, really strong in the attacking sense, apart from maybe 84 composure. High, high work rates, he's 4-4. They could go all the way, and this card, he's starting at a 90 rated for 250k. It's very possible they get a second and third win against Finland and Denmark. And that'll put the card in a really strong position if they were to go all the way. I don't know whether you disagree with that, Scotty. Nah, Belgium looking uh, really strong. If if they can get the team together, uh, one really, really underrated player, uh, Tielemans, uh, who is mm-hmm. uh, absolutely unreal. Then, of course, uh, Lukaku. Uh, he's never looked better. Uh, you know, I had a lot of hopes um, when, when he was young playing for Anderlecht. I followed him. Uh, he's been been struggling for for the past few years, even though you can say he has not been struggling. But basically, now what we've seen at Inter is probably the best we've ever seen him. Mm. And and I think the way he's gonna run this Euros is is gonna be scary if if him and uh, Kevin De Bruyne and Tielemans yeah, yeah. uh, get together. I I think Belgium can actually, yeah. I I, I should say minimum semi final if if they just do everything correctly. Yeah. Yeah, I would just touch on based on the way that the groups are set, that they would likely in the quarterfinals meet Italy, assuming they don't drop points or lose before that. And I think whoever wins that game will probably win the tournament just because both have looked really good. I mean, Italy have been very impressive even before the tournament. I think they they won every game in qualifying and only conceded like three goals total. Hmm. They've won 28 matches in a row, like including friendlies. And the record all time is like 30. So 
they're they're seriously really good and they didn't even have uh Verratti for their first game so kind of similar to Belgium you know dominant without one of their best players so it's it'll be an interesting one yeah although there has been this criticism of Italy's record that they've been stat padding it a bit by playing lesser teams and we'll see how that game might go but I think what is it 250k for that Thorgan Hazard if you aren't doing anything with your 250k it could be worth a little gamble I suppose because five star five star and 94 rated if they win it, it would be a very, very fun card indeed. And there are other players, one or two like Golovan and a few that maybe aren't worthy of quite so much discussion. We do talk more about the Euros over on the support episode this week, uh, the roundtable. And there's other stuff there as well, actually, talking about playing foot at the moment and gameplay and things like that, uh, which you can go and check out. But for now, I think we're ready probably to move on to the Copper America, which interestingly is, I think, the reason why we have a more conservative upgrade system than people would imagine. But we'll talk about that after the break, along with some other content-related and foot chat. We'll catch you on the other side. In this break, I wanted to give you some very useful info, which many of you will know and will be enjoying as I speak. And if you don't, it's a game changer. You'll probably be aware that there are two Foot Weekly podcasts each week, one on the main feed and one available to patrons exclusively as one of many thank yous for patron support. But what you may not know is that you can get that patron feed, which has both the exclusive supporter episode and the publicly available episode, that's this one, ad-free in your podcast app. You can get that unique RSS feed link in the original email you were sent by patron, which says something about rewards, or on your Foot Weekly patron homepage when you're logged in. Once you've found that unique link, you can click on it on mobile and it will probably add it automatically or just paste it in and there we go. It's super convenient and easy to do. The only thing I would say is I'm not sure it works on Spotify because Spotify doesn't allow for direct links, but that could be wrong. And you can always use the Patreon app, which is very good in itself to do that anyway. And if you need some extra help with setting up the feed link, go to bit.ly slash morepodfeed. So that's bit.ly slash morepodfeed. Right, well, thank you for listening to this break pointer. Hopefully that was helpful for some people. Let's jump back into the pod. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. So coming back into it after the break, I was actually thinking that just before we move on to some other stuff, we will get predictions for the winner of the tournament after this first round of fixtures. It was interesting, actually, a lot of the icons on the icon roundtable doing this actually avoided picking France. James, what are your thoughts on this? Who have you got down to go all the way? I think France can win, to be honest. I think their team is the strongest all round with some depth behind and I think the only thing that could stop France from winning is the fact that they have a much harder half of the draw so obviously they're in the group of death and although they did manage to eke out a victory maybe could have had they had two goals disallowed as well Uh, maybe Germany could have scored one as well but they're going to have a much harder time of getting to a final than say like Belgium and stuff and I think I think Belgium have a very strong chance as well but I, I think France will probably do it 
Yeah, it's hard to tell after the first proper international competitive match they're playing. There was a bit of rustiness, lack of cohesion perhaps there, I would say. In fairness, actually, I've seen a lot of... So even in today's game, the France-Germany game, at the start, there was some really sloppy play. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like in the England game as well, like, so, I don't know, like, these are world-class players and they're playing, like, five-yard passes, like, three yards to the wrong side. So I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. I think the players really are... really weird. I think the players are exhausted. I mean, they barely had an off-season. Yeah, it's been a long season with breaks and not in front of fans yeah, and true. staying at home Very all the true. time and i think that squad depth will be really important like if you see a team say if uh, italy win their second game or england etc then maybe in that third game they just rest their entire starting 11 and they say maybe yeah. you know, maybe finishing second in the group is fine if it means that our starters have a little more rest yeah well of course that's what uh, southgate did in the world cup and it worked pretty well so could definitely see them doing that again um, which again is something to look out for actually in terms of getting that third win um, for certain teams you know they may almost decide that they're not that bothered about yeah the they're not playing the for the path to glory cards yeah. in real life they're just trying to get <laughs> yeah. in the tournament you know Southgate didn't buy Foden that's all I'm saying <laughs> yeah he doesn't play at the end so yeah but yeah no very good points and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the group stage pans out and we're going to cover it all on Foot Weekly so stay tuned uh, it'll be interesting but yeah Scaldi any thoughts uh, to wrap up on Euros and on this team and uh, on the content here Sweden is going to win the World, uh, World Cup. We're going to win that. that we're going to win in a few years as well. But that we're going to well, win yeah, the, yeah. the Euros 2020. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. We just started off uh, parking the bus. It's a big result. In all honesty, I think a lot of people are, are sleeping on Spain. Mm. Got to remember that they, they have a great team. Uh, the, the biggest issue is that they decided to bench Gerard Moreno for some reason and mm. start uh, mm-hmm. Moraton over him uh, because Moreno is an unbelievable great striker. Uh, so I think a lot of people are sleeping on Spain, especially looking at a young guy like uh, Pedri. Uh, mm. oh, people should keep an extra eye out on him. On you're gonna see you're gonna see a lot of uh, uh, great games from Spain, and and I think as well, even though Sweden managed to rob one point out of them, uh, I, I think Spain is gonna go go far if they get everything, yeah, working for them. Yeah, I really think if they can start scoring. And as you say, Gerard Moreno not being included after he did us in the Europa League final. And then also, obviously, as what second top scorer in La Liga or something like that, maybe joint second. I was surprised that he wasn't included from the start. And yeah, if they can get those goals, they have a good chance. And I, I just can't see past France myself. I think it's that individual quality they have. The uh, squad, while not maybe showing the cohesion uh, both on and off the pitch yet, we could see really great things once that happens and even if we don't they just have the individual quality to be a packed defense Pogba looks like he's enjoying himself always good alongside Kante and then of course on the counter they're extremely dangerous as well and Hugh I know you were earlier already said Italy so we should probably move on to Copper America and I think the point that I was making just before we went into the break is that I haven't seen this mentioned anywhere but I think the reason why the system is a bit conservative for upgrades is because of the fact the group stages work a bit differently in Copper America? Yeah, so it's uh, two groups of five, so each team has four group stage games. Um, Something kind of interesting that I was noticing looking through the fixture list, though, is that there's five match days and each team plays four group stage games, so each match day there's two teams that don't play. So Argentina drew their first game then they play Uruguay and then uh, Paraguay. And then they have 
a match day off. So the earliest that that Acuna could be upgraded potentially is June 28th. And that's assuming they won all three group stage games. So I think that could be a factor mm. for some of these. And you look at Davidson Sanchez, Columbia already won. They play their next game on Thursday of this week and then again on Sunday. So he could already get his upgrade by the 20th, like a whole week before Acuna could. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And I guess worth bearing in mind, depending on what Copper America cars we get on Friday, how that might pan out with yeah, when that upgrade is going to happen. Also, uh, Davinson Sanchez, do you know who his next two games are against? Do you have it in front of you? Because I think... Yeah. yeah he, Venezuela he, and Peru. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a, a decent chance there. I'm not sure about the card, to be honest. He's got quite low acceleration. I think currently 79. Going to need a decent boost on that. But a plus two, you know, and then potentially another another one after the next win and then he you know could be looking better and better um but yeah it's interesting in terms of the copper america they definitely have a better chance of upgrades but it's a good point about the length of time there i actually got akuna in my 84 times 20 pack that i opened um and i played him in the weekendly games that i did play and he feels really really good um he's just got that uh, ability to win 50-50s and you know how some players like whenever you get a really juiced Kante I mean there hasn't really been one this year they just sort of seem to absorb the ball whenever it's around them he sort of has that ability he just kind of sucks it in and uh, takes it away and, and his ability on the ball is really good as well I think the only thing is obviously skill moves weak foot not amazing it's kind of in that weird position of maybe being attacking player but not quite being good enough in terms of skills and weak foot to be a great box to box but he, he, he feels really good. I was really impressed, actually. And uh, someone that you know, isn't going to leave my team for a long time. And I hope he does get the upgrade. It was really gutting, actually, because I watched the Chile-Argentina match and they're winning 1-0, Messi free kick. And then Chile got a penalty. Vidal missed it, but it was tucked in on the rebound and it ended 1-1. So gutted, no early upgrade, but there are still some opportunities for upgrades through the Copper America. And I was actually wondering, uh, we're going to see Team 2 on Friday, what additional Copper America players would you like to see? There are lots of other nations, actually. We've only had Colombia, Argentina and Brazil. What are your thoughts on this, James? Alexis Sanchez, juice him up, make him relevant again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a, an inform, but yeah, nothing close to a card that's usable. I mean, uh, we said with Phil Foden, I think Richard Buckley on the podcast did call it, um, that because he only had an 82 rated man of the match, he had to get a special item in this one. And I kind of wonder whether Sanchez could be someone like that, actually. Uh, Scaldi, is there anyone Copper America-wise that you would like to see? Uh, give me a juiced up uh, Edison Cavani. Mm. Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah, that'd be great. Imagine that five-star, five-star. I, I know oh, he had his, uh, his, uh, his flashback, flashback card, right. but, but give him a 95 rated four-star, yeah. uh, oh, four-star. Four yeah, nice. I like that. We haven't seen any Uruguayans, so that's a good one. Hugh, anyone from you you'd like to see? Yeah, those are both uh, really good um, suggestions. It's it's hard to say like what angle they'll take, because I think that there's some really like good players on you know different teams that maybe don't have many players to link to. So, you know, they're doing these nation cards like the Jimenez card. But when you look at some of the other nations like Paraguay, Ecuador, Peru, that, you know, they have some good players, but I think that they would be difficult to link to other top players other than maybe those special Conmebol cards we got recently. Hmm. So I, I wonder if maybe they kind of go with some players that aren't that great, but they just happen to play in leagues where they're, super easy to use like uh, Miguel Almiron he's Paraguayan he plays for Newcastle he has like 
89 pace on his gold card and he used to play in MLS. So that's someone who I think like a few different fan bases would love to see that even if he's not like a world renowned big name or even, you know, kind of that next tier of player like a Davinson Sanchez, that he would still be fun to use and a lot of people would want to see him. Yeah, no, that's a good suggestion. And actually something that people wouldn't necessarily be asking for, but did get was that Jimenez, they seem to be set on introducing cards from the nations that are competing which is you know nice for squad building purposes and he's a Uruguayan centre-back we actually saw a rule breakers version very early on in the game who at the time was pretty good and this centre-back has max pace very very good defensive and physical stats still somewhat lacking on the ball and that's maybe going to stop him being top tier but he has some useful links obviously being Atletico and also the link to Valverde as well uh, being Uruguayan and we also saw, which is, I'm assuming, exciting for you, Goldie, the Swedish players introduced. It's a group SBC. You've got Forsberg, Lindelof, uh, Eliasson, and uh, maybe I should have asked you, Goldie, to pronounce the names instead of doing them by yourself. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's nice to see this, right? Because now, Goldie, you can actually build a team around your nation. You know, no offense, but it's, it's much improved compared to what it would have been before. Yeah, but playing with a Swedish team in uh, in foot champions is like shooting yourself in the foot because <laughs> the, the the team is way too slow and you know it's there is no proper skills. Now we have, of course, we have the Eliasson card and uh, and the same thing with with the Forsberg card. But I think in in general, it's it's just way too yeah. The, the team is not good. I think they should have given us an Ibrahimovic instead, just you know, for the sentimental <laughs> value of yeah. exactly. You know, just just for the sake of it, because he couldn't participate in the Euros, and and everybody yeah, loves yeah. him, and you know, it's at this stage of the game where where the game needs to be more fun than competitive in a sense as well. In fairness, though, I mean, like I was looking across the Swedish players, and it's there's there's a decent selection there actually. I mean, you no, know, you've got. Kulisevsky, obviously the right winger. Uh, there's now Tinnerholm, the right back. Ooh, my favorite. Got Isaac, obviously the the striker uh, team of the season. Uh, you now got a left mid, and uh, it looks like you could build uh, a, an all right <laughs> team. I think the other centre back you might be kind of struggling for is the only thing. But I mean, yeah, I guess we should say this is a good thing. It's, it's nice to see them do this. I, I don't know whether James, you have any ideas of well, maybe nations you'd like to see them do this with because I guess there are a few in the game that maybe lack a few key players and uh, I guess a Chilean team or maybe even Uruguay getting more players for them although we've just seen the Jimenez SPC but yeah there are a few options there. I mean I really like the concept it's just really nice to see like these players that basically otherwise would never get an upgrade card like this mm. and it's and it's themed and also not even just these as well you've obviously got the Europe and Asia um, league SBCs, as it were, and also that, and that's also like a really nice, cool themed idea. Like it, it makes sense, right? When you look at it, you go, "That's nice." It makes sense, and then it's up to you whether you want to do it or not. Rather than yeah. sometimes it just sometimes it's like just kind of like throwing random stuff out. It's like I remember, mm. I think I remember last year we had one which like Fabian Shah had a moments card, and it was just like, I, I guess, like yeah. all right, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, you yeah. know, Euros themed, I like it. The, the upgrades are significant enough as well like you said to be usable and like forward slash fun if you wanted to but not so meta that it increases the price to a ridiculous point yeah yeah exactly and they are quite reasonable actually to complete those they're they're quite good value actually and um you know Lindelof is a bit more expensive but inevitably with them being Premier League and Manchester United and um I think 
you have to give him credit as well because they put out the Piszczek as well, the end of an era, as Poland were were playing as well. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this year? I mean, uh, obviously you got to say would be good at centre back, blah blah blah. But yeah, he does look very good <laughs> at centre back. I've got to be honest. Yeah, he de- he definitely looks good. It's the uh, it seems to be the Bundesliga tradition after Mbabu and the end of an era Lars Bender, where the uh, many of the best center backs are right backs, but I guess that's kind of a FIFA thing in general. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's also cool because his gold card is a center back, so that's kind of switching him back to right back where he got so popular, you know, in the the Klopp days. That it's good to see that. But I just I th- I think I like the Swedish um, SBC set a lot more than the Uruguayan nation one, just because the with the Uruguayan one, it's it's not really a position of need. Like you said, there's already that rule breakers. Um, Jimenez that was out there's team of the season Coates I guess his name is Um, but if you were really someone who wanted to build a full Uruguay nation team like your best left winger is rated 77 your best right winger is rated 81 and it's Martin Caceres who's a center back in real life so um, it just feels like one of those things where I think that by releasing three players that maybe aren't quite as good as Jimenez it really boosts you being able to like get those links in and like build like a full nation team. Like if, if you were really wanting to play an Uruguay team, like I don't think center back is like the one thing you needed. Like I, I think that that the approach they took for the Swedish players was a lot more beneficial and also lets people kind of pick and choose. Like maybe you don't really need a center back. So you skip Lindelof, but you do the other two or, you know, et cetera. Yeah, and actually we had a pound-for-pound nomination for Lindelof. Maka Marvel saying, I haven't got to use him much yet, but based on the stats, pound-for-pound has to be Lindelof. Had previously been using exclusively a United past and present, but over the last week I branched out and made a new team with untradeables. Since doing so, I've really been regretting not doing the Tapsoba SBC. No other centre-back seems close in terms of being good value based on the stats until now. And Lindelof is very comparable, even cheaper and with far better links. Surely an absolute must-do. Even if I don't go back to the United team, he'll definitely be going into my squad this weekend league. And yeah, I do agree with that, actually. I think he is fantastic, fantastic value. And obviously, Manchester United Premier League centre-back, there aren't many that are usable in the game. Um, Bailly wasn't really quite there. And uh, I think he's, well, without a doubt, he's the best at the moment. So just to wrap up a few final pound for pound suggestions, did totally slip my mind with a slightly different special episode. So I'll cover another one now. Kraus suggesting pound for pound is Goetze and that SBC is fantastic value and has five star skills for the first time. You can catch his full review actually. He was on the Icon Roundtable talking about Goetze. So you can head over and listen to that on the supporter feed filling in this week due to the vaccine situation. But for now, just one final point for you, Scoldy. Joel says, Olsen Kind of goated, right? I completely agree. <laughs> yeah, what a performance from the uh, Everton goalkeeper, I guess. I think he's on loan, actually, but it was very impressive for Sweden. And I think on that, we are ready to wrap up. It's been great to round up this first round of fixtures, the path to glory implications, a bit of Copper America chat, and looking forward to breaking this down. The Euros and Copper America and more through the lens of foot. It's been really fun and looking forward to some more. Do get in those questions. I haven't been particularly good at it because, as I said, everything was a bit last minute. But I will get in your suggestions for pound for pound. Any comments you have on these international tournaments, then get them in. So thanks to these guests for coming in last minute. Hugh, it's been great to have you as always. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to more Euros discussion in the Discord. So if you're not in there, get in. It's a lot of fun watching the games with everyone. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, not so much when your feed's on a slight delay and uh, everyone ruins the goal every time, but um, apart from that, yeah, very good. Um, no, 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 it's been good. And also, obviously, you know, people will be, I'm sure, playing in the Euros tournament. There's plenty going on around the Discord to get involved with. So, yeah, um, catch you and uh, the rest of the community in there. And, James, thanks for your Euros takes. I've enjoyed them. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm glad to bring my... Uh, significant lack of knowledge to the table but pretend <laughs> i do know some things uh, yeah yeah you've done it well it's come off well and um <laughs> yeah maybe we can pull you in for some more across the course of the euros absolutely um, it's been great to have you and uh, scoldy as well uh, great to have your uh, take on that swedish draw it seems weird to be celebrating a draw but that uh, is definitely one to celebrate so i'm glad we could and uh, great to have you on Thanks for having me. It's it's always a pleasure, and I hope I don't yeah. get way too much hate for uh, saying that uh, the English uh, <laughs> English players are over overpriced. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's at Scoldy with an, an extra e on the end, isn't it? If people want to vent <laughs> <laughs> about that, no. But I, I think I, I I do actually very much get it. But still, it is definitely coming home. And and actually, uh, James, we didn't uh, get a plug in for your YouTube as well. So where can people catch that? Um, content. I'm sure you'll be uh, covering plenty of Euros-related foot content there. This is true. We're using, we're using a, lot of, a lot of the videos, a lot of the players. Uh, I've obviously got this puppy, which is holding me back a little bit in terms of mm. uploading content at the moment, but I am doing my best. It's on It's James on YouTube. Yeah, well, and, and the puppy was actually very well behaved during this recording. So uh, Yeah, he, he does settle down eventually. you just got to let him know it's sleep time. Yeah, have him listen to me for a bit and he's off. <laughs> But there we go. That does wrap us up for this week's podcast. A huge thank you once again to these guests for turning up last minute. A huge thank you for understanding the slightly different nature of this week's podcast. Hopefully this is something you're going to enjoy going forward. And a huge thank you for listening to the pod as always. And a huge thank you to all those supporters for keeping the podcast going. And to all those icon supporters. Dave B, DJ FIFA player, Coach Vass, Hugh J, Thomas, Alan G, Alistair, Martin M, Jordan, Matt L, Chris W, David S, Liam B, Reese A, Harry P, Sam B, Adam G, Neil P, Jake G, Robbie S, Jake S, Zach O, Tom B, Stephen F, Eric T, Christopher R, Jonathan P, Elliot M, Lee A, Paul, Johan P, Dominic, Rob P, Michael, Kraus, Adam A, Sam P, David C, Brian S, Siler P, Mikael L, Nishant, Dougie, Anthony R, Jeff B, Stephen M, Roger D, at pace of a tortoise, Stephen C, Andrew C, Dan W, Pobius, Sporkum, Bronco, Matt H, and Savage P. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Nick V, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Before I leave you though, just one more thing to add. FIFA is a bit like life really. It has its many ups and its many downs. And if you are having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, 
and support or even just a chat available to anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, I'll catch you next time. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network.